So we're talking about holiday stress. There's so much joy around the food and the tradition and the family. How do people deal with this without completely going insane? This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient, or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. Welcome to We're Not Fine. I'm Dr. Talia Jackson. And I'm Doug Jensen. We thank you for listening every week to our deep and thought-provoking conversations about relationships. Hi, friends. Hi, everybody. We're not fine. But we're trying to be fine-ish. We're having a quarantine episode because my little one has COVID and he's oozing it out of every pore. And so I still have a tickle in my throat, but it feels like the same level of tickle that was in my throat yesterday. And um, I was just showing Doug all of my things that I'm drinking. Yep. You know, can I tell you something, Talia? And it's interesting. And I appreciate that you are taking care of yourself and that you do not want to infect our entire WNF, which stands for we're not fine, that you don't want to infect our whole team. However, being responsible. you know, what's so interesting um, is that I find myself doing a little psychosomatic stuff with this. Like after I found out that our producer's wife had COVID during one of the uh, gatherings that we had for some birthday banana cake, which was ridiculously the most amazing thing with caramel and whipped cream sauce on it. Like it I was would. Like, a dream come true. And it was, it was a very crazy. high high. Holy smokes. Yeah. And we sang happy birthday and yeah. we felt like such a wonderful, cohesive, fabulous team. And we all hug. Yeah. They were hugging. And yeah. then we found out that our beautiful um, producer's wife had COVID and we were like, except none of us got it. Actually, I think maybe one of our AV guys, Jeff got it because he's getting over COVID, but he could have gotten from somewhere else. But I found myself the next day with like a scratchy throat and like, I think I'm not okay. And and I'm like, you get paranoid. So I'm, and then I go home and I test and I'm like, it's negative. I'm like, I remember you and I were on some fancy, um, some fancy zoom call about some new fun stuff happening. And you texted me on the side and you were like, do I look like I have the vid? (laughs) And you're like, that's kind of how I feel too. It's like, sometimes I'll forget that I might have COVID. And then sometimes I'm like, like Talia, here's the thing: with this scratchy throat of yours, would you yeah. actually like feel like you had it if you didn't like you weren't monitoring maybe. your so aggressively, right? Uh, yeah, maybe I don't know because I forget I about it I and then I remember. And we were helping my sweet mom. Oh my god, here's a kind of a cute story. My mom, yeah. who's almost 80 years old, just moved to a brand new condo after living in her house for 35 years. That she worked with her. Uh-oh. architect friend to create this like beautiful dream house overlooking this beautiful park and um she just moved this like three days ago and we've been helping her she's been pulling all her stuff together and every single weekend rob and i and the kids will go over and we'll help her but yesterday 
we went over, we put together three bookshelves and I was feeling so bad. I was like, mom, I don't know. My little has COVID. I'm feeling scratchy. She was like, doesn't matter if it's meant to be, it will be. She's like, knock on wood. She had had every vaccine, every booster, and she's never had COVID. Yeah. Like she's yep. unscathed. And she was like, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not going to get it. It's fine. And so I, I pray that she doesn't get it, but it was so cute because she almost went to this 55 plus community that they just built. And I think I mentioned that she was just like, they're old. She met the other residents of that other place. And she ran for the Hills. She was like, these are old people. I don't want to be around old people says my almost 80 year old mother, but you know her, she's like a firecracker. Yeah. I was going to say, um, you know, when people are, are our mothers or dads, we have a very different experience than with, with, with them than other people have. And so when I experience your mother, I'm just riveted by her storytelling. I am riveted by her beautiful fashion sense. I just, I love everything about your mom. And you are obviously not in the same role as I am to like enjoy your mom in these intermittent ways. So when I hear that 55 plus story, I can see your mom. Um, Ram for the hills. But I will tell you that I got to meet one of her neighbors yesterday yep. who was this gorgeous, sexy, sophisticated, yeah. mid-70s, for sure, woman with yeah. her artist husband, and they're like European and sophisticated, and there was a lot of leather and lipstick, and, and I'm like, oh my God, these are my mom's people. So she is feeling like a gazillion bucks at this new place. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, and she deserves everything comfortable and familiar and enjoyable in her new space. I wish her to have immense joy and I can't wait to see her again soon. It's a big deal though. And of course, Talia, you know, you are running like during this time of COVID risk for you, you're running like a chicken with your head cut off doing those things. I did a bunch of stuff this weekend as well, which, you know, was not something I probably should have done because I'm gonna be really tired by the end of the day. I'm gonna do some cleaning and prep for Thanksgiving after this and making sure I have all the food. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is literally our episode today is all yeah. about holiday stress and people wrote in these wonderful letters to us that we want to chat about. Here's what we do want to tell you about our secret session yesterday with our beloved Kaya that I feel like Doug wants to say he's not obsessed, but I think we're both obsessed and can admit I'm glad to say I'm obsessed. I actually ogled her yesterday and said how beautiful she was. And then we held each other a bunch during my session. And of Are course- Are you trying to make me jealous and competitive right now? Oh, did you see us on the screen? So oh Kaya God, and I were- person. so annoying. I was like yeah. sick, quarantined on yeah. a Zoom session. And all I could see was the back of your phone taking selfies yeah. of the two of you <laughs> while I was in bed with my tea. And we were holding each other and, you know, almost making out. I'm kidding. We did not do that. Um, yeah, it was very sweet. And I had just had my own personal because I decided I needed to figure some things out about my life. So yes, we had a really long time with our psychic Kaya yesterday. I needed to ask a couple very specific questions about some 
people in my life um, and, and get some clarity. And I got immense clarity. It was very healing for me and very informative. And I am a believer, just so everybody knows. I am a believer that there's something beyond this world. I don't know exactly what it is. Kaya believes she knows what it is. I trust Kaya. Yep. If Kaya says it is, it is. That's all I have to say. Plus, you know, I was walking in the parking lot and she yelled out the window, hi, handsome. And I'm like, oh, okay. I love I love you too. Hey, beautiful. That's love language. I am thirsty as an age you, for that sort of like attention. You are thirsty AF. No. I'm uh, not thirsty. I am starving. I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm ravenous. That's a joke. Um, but funny story though that I wanted to save for this moment about my so basically I didn't have a, enough time to go into my own personal session with Kaya yeah. we did a little group sesh to just know what our futures hold together which was really fun and exciting and, and I can't wait to get married to you I'm sorry for Rob that you're leaving him we're already married we are we are pod spouses that is we what we are Yep. I feel like I might spend more time with you than I spend with Rob a lot of the time. Yeah. For our viewers, Tali and I talk every single morning and probably text throughout the day and sometimes talk at night. I know. And, there's like a lot going on and a lot to process. But I also feel married to Rob, so I just don't want to leave him out. He's definitely a part of our um, throuple for Sure. Okay. So basically the world's most boring story is that my insomnia is back in full force and I'm trying to figure all that out. It's almost like I can't handle excitement. Like it doesn't matter if the world is ending or I'm really excited about this new corporate retreat I'm going on to Sonoma that Rob's boss is sending me all extent, all expenses paid to do this Enneagram workshop with directors. There's like Luigi, an uh, Italian chef cooking us a home cooked meal. So great. I can't sleep. I'm so excited. I can't sleep. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, what I asked from Kaya is that she, I bet nobody else has ever had this special treatment. We're just competing over who she loves more. Right, Doug? She's actually done it like a dozen times with me. <laughs> but she was like, text me before you're cozy in bed and I'm going to do a hypnosis session for you. Yeah. Yes, you and I, by the way, it was supposed to be at 9 p.m. and you and I are texting back and forth what we call Douglia, which is what we were in <laughs> a combination of Doug and Talia. And we are supposed to like manifest these amazing things. So it's like, I said, I said to you, I'm so glad you got 10 hours of sleep last night. And I said, it was the best night's sleep of my life. I can't believe it either. Because basically she was telling us about, did she talk about this on our episode about, it was like Kevin and Diego or Caligula? I had never, no, it's not Caligula. Caligula. Collegio. Anyway, whatever it is, it's this brainstorming manifestation where you talk to your friends and they basically talk about whatever it is you're manifesting as though it's already happened. Anyway, yeah. this to say, she called me for my um, hypnosis session. So I thought I was brilliant. 
turned on my screen recording so I could just go back to it and listen to it. She started asking me these questions about what I was craving, what I was manifesting, what a deep sleep would look like. I was describing what I was craving and just falling and waking up restful and la la la. And then she asked me a couple of other of these questions and um, I filled in all the blanks for her and she said, great, now I'm going to pull together this hypnosis script and I'm going to read it back to you as you just relax. And do you want to know what it was? Yes. Me too, but I fell asleep and I don't know what she said. I didn't hear a single word and my screen recording didn't work. Oh no. <laughs> but I fell asleep. I so fell the question asleep is the punchline. Did you fall asleep and stay asleep? No. No. Okay. Because I woke up at this this was from 9:30 to 10. Okay. I woke up at 10:30. At what time? 10:30. Oh. And okay. then I was like, oh my God, where is the recording? And then I like got up, I shuffled around, I tried to listen to it again. I tried to put on my Bluetooth headphones and they were dead. And then I noticed that when you screen record a phone call, it doesn't record the audio. <laughs> so I'm going to have to ask Kaya to read it to me again and I'm going to do it better. But I thought that was a funny story. Um, well, it's not all that funny to me because you need to sleep as my pod spouse. I did um, get back to sleep. I did okay. get some sleep. There's I got better sleep last night than I got the night before. I, I think this is not obviously going to be something you and I can tackle. I when I when You can't get audio on a screen recording? Maybe, some, maybe Rob can help me figure that out. Yeah, I bet Robbie Dobby can do that. All right. Is that his okay. new pet name? Oh, it's what I call him. I don't know if anybody else does, but yeah. Robbie Dabba Ding Dong? No, not about his ding dong, about just Robbie Dabba. <laughs> um, okay, should you know, we dive speaking, in? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of sleep, um, I'll make yeah. a segue on that because, you know, the holidays are coming up. It's Thanksgiving soon. Um, and one of the things that I'm just so aware of is that, you know, this is the time of year when there's so much holiday stuff going on, regardless of your belief system, which you're going to talk a little bit about as well. Uh, when we talk about like the stress of this time, the reality is that this is a really rough, like couple months, but it goes by so fast. And, and there's so many different like social and, uh, you know, advertisements and you can't. You know, I went to dinner with a friend uh, for their birthday, for her birthday on Friday night with our previous amazing guest, Nick Harper, who attended as well. And then we had And wine. I had to miss it because I I'm a responsible COVID yeah. yielding adult. And my darling friend, Lissa, I'm going to use your word, your name. Happy um, birthday. It was her Lisa. birthday. And also uh, she made homemade tiramisu. And literally I got, I had two pieces and I don't, eat dessert like that. So I was like, this is so effing good. Plus I really love tiramisu. It's one of my favorite desserts of all time. So I could just eat whipped cream, by the way. That's like my favorite thing to eat. Homemade whipped wow. cream. Yeah, there's a restaurant that we went to um, after my daughter's graduation from NYU and they had schlag and it was just a big bowl of whipped cream. And I'm like, I am in heaven. 
right now. Oh my gosh, I feel like my boys would completely agree with you. I, I, there's something about the texture of that. It's just yeah. like creamy, sweet air that I have trouble with. Yeah. Oof. Oh, really? Yeah. I can eat a whole cool up container. Or just. I have trouble with yogurt too. The texture or dairy? Um, the texture. I really want to love yogurt. Like I actively am working against the. I struggle with dairy, but I do need yogurt on occasion. And of course I can put dairy in my smoothies. Um, I can put some yogurt in my smoothies and it works, but I use coconut milk usually for that. So, or Ooh, macadamia nut milk. Macadamia nut milk is my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Um, that's what I've got. I've got here. Athletic greens, protein. See, I'm not going to get COVID. You're not. COVID adjacent. Um, carry on. What were we talking about? So we're talking about holiday stress, which we did an episode on this last year, everybody. And, you know, it was a good episode because the reality, you know, it might be a time to do a reminder here of how to manage all of this stuff, because I'm hearing a lot of people now starting to make their holiday plans, starting to get themselves prepared with tickets. And, and you know, I, I travel as well. I've got for me, I've got two birthdays in December as well in my family. And so I have to also manage those intermittently. As everybody knows, I go to LA um, every December and my buddy Darren and I take my older daughter out to wherever res restaurants she wants to go to. And we have just a, a, a lovely few days and it's a really nice break from everything for me. So I'm really what looking forward to that. Tradition. I just oh, love that. It's really amazing. And of course, uh, the food in LA, I must tell you, is probably my favorite of anywhere I've been. Um, I do think the Twin Cities is second for me. I think they have just, we have an amazing array of food. So feel free to write in about that if anybody wants to add their, their foodie stories. Oh, um, yeah. But you know, yeah, we're going to do some mailbags today about holiday issues. And I love, I love, love, love these people who wrote in. It is like such a very common experience for people to have what it is that these people are describing. And I laugh when I read these because they're just so, these people have written so beautifully about yeah. what their experiences. So we're going to do a couple of mailbags. And then of course, we're going to talk about like, you know, typical stressors and how to manage those stressors. Um, to remind you to really, really take care of yourself during this holiday season. I really just think about there are so many people that yeah. can't get enough of the holiday spirit. They love it so much. Yeah. They live for this time of year. There's sure. so much joy around the food and the tradition and the families. And I always think about that versus the people that I hear more often that I really like should love them, should be excited, but it's so stressful or I'm dreading these parts of it. And so no matter what, holidays on our minds. So yes, we are going to dig in. So let me give our you first, want to do the first one. I okay. would love to. And then of course, we will discuss it as usual. So first mailbag comes, ah, the holidays, when you have to spend what are supposed to be the most joyous days of the year around the family who normally couldn't get two shits about you. <laughs> oh my God. Spoken to you all year, very actively stands against everything you believe in and are openly judgmental about your life choices, even though you haven't even seen these people in a year or more. But if you try to be an adult, take care of yourself and mental health and do the holidays your way and not involve said toxic, horrible family, you are suddenly breaking your mother's heart by not wanting to be around her family. Oh, my God. That's so real. Is that oh just so God. good? That's why I smile when I read this and I laugh because I'm like, this person is such a good writer. Then you got to have anxiety over not being a complete disappointment to your family. 
to be around. So you just suck it up and go. Then hello, extra weeks of even more anxiety, dreading events that realistically only last a few hours. But somehow they are the most uncomfortable family hours of the year. How do people deal with this without completely going insane? Oh my God. I just want to know everybody's experience because I feel like everyone on the planet can relate to this. Yeah. Yep. I just keep on thinking about, um, I was 40 years old. I remember this so specifically because, you know, I'm Jewish, but I married a Christian guy 5,000 years ago. And we were, you know, going to have a, a Jewish home, raise our kids Jewish. And then every year <clears throat> that went by, it was feeling a little more interfaith and a little more like, I don't know, how important is it that we just have to choose and be all in? And then I, I remember I was 40 years old when I was brave enough to keep our blue and white stockings on the mantle when my mom came over because it was a good four or five years that we, I mean, Jewish people don't have stockings on the mantle. And just because they're blue and white does not mean they're Jewish. And it does not mean that it's Hanukkah, but it was our like interfaith. Like I thought they were fun and cute and I wanted to do that. And I was feeling less like we needed to have it be like, oh, only one religion. And so I used to, when my mom would come over, I would rush through the house and take all the, like, it's the breaking your mom's heart part of like how much time and effort and bending over backwards to not break mom's heart about all of these different things, because the expectations are so unreasonable, I think, of like how holidays should feel. I don't know. I really feel for this person and I feel like they, they're right <laughs> about this experience. Well, and you know, it was interesting to me because, and we're going to probably have to like, we're going all over the place with this because part of our suggestions and how to take care of yourself are going to be covered by answering these mailbags. You know, I think one of the pieces that I'm very struck by is this person made one line in that mailbag about wanting to see certain family members and so has to suck it up and just go to the mm -hmm. event with the family members that she does not care for. Um, you know, and there's so many things that I would say about avoiding those difficult conversations if you are going to go. But as everyone might recall from our, our Thanksgiving episode last year, I'm someone who says, don't fucking go anywhere you don't want to go. Don't make your life more stressful. You don't have to attend family events. There's a million ways to ritualize holidays whether you're alone, whether you're partnered, whether you have a family of your own. And but the best thing I ever did for my family was when I said, we're going to have family at, we're going to have our Christmases at home. So you kids are going to have two kids. Uh, we're going to open your stockings at home. We're going to eat incredibly well on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day because we do celebrate both despite not necessarily identifying with the Christian faith. I think there's a part of this that at the end of the day, um, we all have to do what's right for us. And if you want to go, I would say to this mailbag person, if you want to go, to this family event to see the people you want to see. Make sure that you focus on them. Make sure that you have a game plan. Make sure that you have a very clear strategy. And like, if it gets difficult, how are you going to, you know, have a script prepared so you can kind of get out of those conversations and say so. And by the way, I'm big on honesty, as everybody who is our viewer knows. So I would say, do not, you know, poo-poo around issues. Just say, so when we talk about those things, it leads to strain and I don't want to talk about those things with you. 
And one of the things that I've been, uh, I, have a, I have a person I work with who has had people just consistently like dig in on those topics, even if they have set oh. their boundaries. And I'm like, at some point, you know, you just stop going. And, you know, I would reiterate and say, so I've asked you to stop talking and I'm going to ask you again and do it in front of people so that there's kind of this social pressure for this person to shut the hell up about their, you know, whether it's bigoted ideas or whatever they happen to be, which is kind of what the sense is that I'm getting from this mailbag is that, you know, that person is living their life in an honest way and they don't have approval from some people to do that. You know, fuck that. Because really at the end of the day, uh, you get to live your life and you get to love who you love and you get to make those choices as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And it's not fair to say because someone's just uncomfortable with it that it's hurting them. That's not how it works. That's right. And that's I feel like that's sort of the moral of the story is yeah. maybe you think about all of the holidays as, okay, do I disappoint great aunt Janie who I don't really care that much about, or do I disappoint myself, right? Or it's like, do I look out for my children and their experience of the holidays, or do I get bullied by the extended family? <clears throat> and I know, Doug, when you were saying like, I'm all about directness and honesty. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm all avoid I'm all about avoidance. And if you don't have to go, then like, do you like, why would you go? Also, I feel like one of the best things that COVID has done for the world, maybe the only silver lining. We have so many excuses. Congratulations, yeah. you have so many excuses. Yep. If you have kids, cats, dogs, more excuses. Someone could come down with a fake case of COVID just to not have to do a big family function. Doug would say, just tell them, I don't wanna go. Cause I, I would, of course. Why was he put around, go ahead. I would say, like, I have so many fabulous excuses that you could borrow from me that sound maybe far-fetched, but who cares? Because the bottom line is, <clears throat> the it's all about you choosing what you want the holiday to look like. And sometimes it's not possible, but a lot of times you can do it. If you are okay with the reality, are you ready? You're kind of a disappointment. And it's so relieving because you're going to disappoint somebody and yeah, you might I, as well not be yourself. Well, Do it anyway. yeah, I mean, I, I really think the goal is to not care as long as you are doing what's honest for you in this life and you are mm -hmm. living an honest life. I really believe you should not care what other people think if they don't support you for being who you are and living your life in that honest way. Like I have a really strong feeling. In fact, it's funny in my meeting with Taya yesterday, we were talking about different types of ways of identifying. And she said, some people might want to be a toaster. Some people might want to be a cat. And I said, I really give a shit if somebody wants to be a toaster and identify as a toaster. So, um, because, you know, people get to live this life. I don't know why we're trying so hard to pigeonhole people into not only being a certain way, but specifically on this issue. Like, why do we have these socialized expectations on what these need to be when the reality is make sure every day of your life to the best ability, and there's going to be some things that you can't avoid. There are stressors in this life, you know, and there's a reason why we have those. Uh, and hopefully there can be some positives that come from those difficult moments. But the truth is about these things, like, again, life is too short. 
I really think that. Like, mm-hmm. do not do things you don't want to do. Don't go places you don't want to go. Um, work is hard. To have sometimes you, know, you have to. What is you that? Do- Tell me what that is. Like work to make income. But there are relationships. I don't know that you. I'm just- not an obligation person. Neither, neither am I, neither am I. And I have been lucky enough to figure out how to navigate my life that I have very, 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 very few shoulds and musts. I get to do what feels good to me, but there really are certain people in your life that are oftentimes family members that they do not feed your soul. You can't necessarily say anything badly about them. They're not your preferred people to be with. They don't make you feel good. They don't really accurately see you. Maybe you don't accurately see them. It doesn't fill your cup, but you just need to show up for these people. I actually do not agree with you. And I think part of it is, and I'm just going to own this, you know, I've worked with a lot of people historically who were HIV positive during the pandemic, who died, whose family members were not supportive of them. And it was harmful to maintain those relationships. As a gay identified individual, um, I have chosen my family. Of course, you and your beautiful husband and family are a part of that. Um, But I have chosen my family. I will not ever, ever uh, be obligated to anybody. I thought that's toxic and unsupportive. That feels different. What I'm talking about is like the, what are they called? NPCs. My my boys call them NPCs. What does that mean? Non-person character? Non- I don't know. Just like people. People in your life that they love you and they're family members, but they're not- people that you crave and you like interesting about that what is that love about then like i think this is a whole nother episode by the way like if someone loves you you feel it right like you feel that support and you feel that replenishment and you feel that nurturing whereas if somebody loves you because they want you to be something that isn't you which is i think what you're talking about maybe when you're talking about like people who don't nurture you like well then do they really know you because i really do I know that. So that's what Maybe I'm saying. Like we should really love each other. That feels because... obligation. That feels like obligation. I don't I don't subscribe. But mm-hmm. I you know, and I think there's a lot of people who do what you do. Like, you know, it's my dad, so I love him. Well, when he beat you and was an alcoholic growing up, I don't know that that's love and I don't that's encourage toxic. I'm talking about Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not so sure. I would say there's different levels of toxicity too. Like what you're describing does feel a little toxic to me, like somebody who loves me, but really doesn't know me. And so I just kind of go along with that. The other thing I want to say about this, that is really important to me. Like if somebody's not wanting to come to my home, if somebody doesn't want to be my friend, if somebody doesn't want to be my boyfriend, if somebody doesn't want to love me as I am, I want them to tell me directly and just be direct and say, you know what? I don't think this is a good fit for me in my life. You are too much for me. You are, um, you know, you are not the person for me. I I don't like who you are as a person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone to tell me and just don't don't be fake. Like I do not want people to patronize me or enable me or do something that's disregarding. Just don't don't hang out with me if you don't want so to want people around me. I, I don't want people to tell me that. I just want them to ghost me. 
So Talia, <laughs> you, are you annoyed with me and you really are doing this podcast with me, but you don't really like doing it with me? I have an obligation. <laughs> I call you on a daily basis out of obligation. <laughs> yeah, every morning I'm like, what did Doug have for breakfast? I suppose I should call him and find out. <laughs> um, should we move on to our next mailbag? Yes. I feel like we can go on and on and on and on. on. Yes, let's go to mailbag number two. Do you want to read it? <laughs> okay, ready? I'm in a bad situation with my partner's family. Yeah. They're loud, their homes are cluttered, and it's a constant shit show of noise, games, and chaos, and absolutely excessive absolutely excessive binge drinking, which I hate. It's actually a really challenging ongoing dynamic. We don't see them often, but when we do, I have become physically ill from the overstimulation and lack of alone time and peace and quiet. Oh my God, worst nightmare. My partner is very understanding and tries to accommodate when he can, but his family has no desire to understand me. They basically expect me to just conform and make myself fit in, and it's really hard. I've survived this far by setting boundaries, just saying that sometimes I need to leave the chaos and go be in a quiet room by myself for a few hours. I also keep visits as short as I can. My cat is a great excuse because, see, excuses, man. If you can't be as direct as Doug. Talk to Doug and I will give you a script that is respectful to the other parties. Or you could just make up an excuse. Yeah, And no, you know, everyone right. might know it's an excuse and that's okay. I don't love me. that. I think that's fake. Keep going. Nobody, um, anybody in my life, do not lie to me. Just tell me the truth. Truth, truth. Go ahead. Lime please. green, not your color. Oh. <gasps> That's not what our producer Supak <laughs> And I trust Supak. My cat is yeah. a great excuse because he doesn't travel and it's sometimes hard to get a cat sitter. So yeah, I guess I start with boundary setting, but honestly, this is still an ongoing issue for me and I don't know what to do. You know what's so interesting I, about I the- love this. Person. I really do. <laughs> I really love this person, and I love the rawness of this uh, mailbag in particular because they're basically identifying. And I will tell you, there's a couple things about it that have me just kind of very, uh, I want to say, concerned and almost very serious. Even though there's some funny parts of this um, that we were joking about, the reality is when it makes you physically ill to be around that clutter or maybe some smells that are associated with that clutter. I don't know if there's any food molding or if there's any smells in the house that are connected to that. Um, oftentimes in a really cluttered space, there can be rodents or bugs or whatnot. So, um, and I will own that as somebody who grew up in a cluttered home, my uh, mother was uh, a hoarder. Um, it was not pleasant. And so I became, you know, and, and it's the truth about that environment is that it creates a little chaos internally for all of us because we can't find stuff. We don't know if we can sit down. We don't know, you know, where, where things are in the home. So I generally think that clutter can be very uh, dysregulating for emotions. But, you know, I think this person seems so clear. Um, and as I'm going to reiterate from an earlier part of this conversation, I don't support the idea of lying. Um, white lies are even kind of silly for us because we have to spend energy kind of figuring them out. And what I think is instead important is, is to say, you know, I, I, I 
you know, gracefully decline my invitation to Christmas. You know, I, when I'm in your space, it doesn't necessarily make me feel comfortable. And I have found myself really overwhelmed by the experience. You don't have to shame. You don't have to blame. You don't have to do any of those things, but you can let that person know how their behavior, how their circumstances, mm -hmm. how that environment affects you. And people should be concerned for this person. I hope your boyfriend is concerned. Is it boyfriend or I don't remember. You know that. what? I can't tell um, okay. the name that they wrote in. You can't tell um, okay. the gender of the partner so either. Your significant other. That's what I'll call them. You know, your significant significant other um, and yourself hopefully can have that conversation in an honest way. And I'm hoping that your relationship is healthy enough that you can say, so I'm really struggling with this. I get physically ill. This is not a good environment for me. And the two of you together can create a joint response. That might be right. that your significant other goes to their home for whatever holiday for a limited amount of time. I do know families who do that, by the way, like the in-laws don't go um, and, and take care of themselves. And there's something very peaceful about having the house to yourself, as you and I have talked about as well. So maybe while that person is gone, their families, you get to spend time at home alone eating tacos. So I find <laughs> Christmas, um, Christmas tacos. That's all my, that's what I probably eat most of the time, burritos and tacos. Um, but I will say, Doug, did you even notice, I mean, this person, what they said, this is exactly what we, I, this is exactly what I would recommend is the, the boundaries. Yeah. I need a couple of hours. I need to be quiet in my own head. I need to go to my room and get away from the chaos. This is very honest boundary setting. And I also feel like I've heard this story before. It's sort of the story of either somebody who's an introvert surrounded by a bunch of extroverts, somebody who might be like sensory overload, sensory disorder, maybe a little bit on the spectrum or just have this sensory overwhelm. This is what I'm picturing is yeah. that it makes people physically ill. It's not just a preference, yeah. but when people have sensory sensitivities, yeah. it's not just like, oh, I prefer to be alone in a dark room. It's like, I cannot handle this. It's making me sick. I have to figure out how to take care of myself and my nervous system yep. in this environment. Um, I also think that a lot of people grew up with that and they just kind of did it anyway and they suffered. And I'm very sad yeah. that we were not, you know, as inclined to think about mental health as we are now. So oh I'm grateful. Yeah. People very, white knuckle. Yeah, absolutely. And white knuckling is not the way. As we kind of get into some ways to strategize, of course, that's not going to be the way. But I also want to add a piece, you know, and I think going back to this person's mailbag, um, of course, I'm going to encourage you to talk to your significant other. I'm going to encourage you to de determine what it is that will create a, an adaptive and healthy and replenishing and joyous and a uh, wonderful holiday experience for you. And it doesn't sound like going to your in-laws is it or, or this family is it. It's about being able to be honest about that. And it's be able to be like, say, I get physically ill, which is, you know, what she said is happening. Don't do that to yourself. It is not worth it to do that to yourself because then there's recovery and there are physical ramifications of stress and cortisol and adrenaline that that happened during those times that can be really detrimental to your emotional and physical health. We do not. And I, feel like I, I desperately want to dive in <clears throat> to 
the counterpart of who we're talking to. So right now we're talking to this amazing person who has sensory sensitivities and is trying to set boundaries. Yep. And what I'm picturing is this is a beautiful opportunity for us to talk to the in-laws all of the in-laws that have these expectations and they're rigid and they're disappointed and they're frankly really judgmental over our beloved children's partners who aren't fitting into the crowd. They're not fitting into the way we do Hanukkah and Christmas and <clears throat> Kwanzaa and they're not fitting in. We're like this, they're like that. And there's this real call to kind of judge and make them feel other, make them feel guilty for taking so much space or maybe even take it personally. If you know yourself and yep. your needs yep. and you can speak your truth, yep. regardless of a fear of disappointing others, and if you're lucky enough to be in a situation where those that you're telling are attuned and they love you and they care and they're not taking your needs for regulation yeah. personally, the, there could be opportunities in these family situations to put out what you need and I don't know, maybe have the best of both worlds. Say, we love you guys. I have a lot of sensory stuff that makes this kind of miserable unless I can come and go. We're gonna get an Airbnb two blocks away. Yeah. So I guess yep. the mailbag, my, my message is you, whoever you are, are the only one that knows if this is a workable situation or not, but maybe there are some shades of gray here of like, okay, maybe I can do the in-law thing if I'm staying somewhere else and I just pop in for two hours, or maybe I could if I'm taking care of myself. Does that make yeah. sense? Well, it makes sense. You know, I, I, I don't, I, and I could be wrong about this and I, I'd have to look more carefully and have you reread it, but it felt like she seems very clear. Like that environment is not something that she can tolerate, except you're saying maybe there are things about that, that you can tolerate, find a room that is less cluttered or, um, go, come and go and, and go in for five minutes and go, which feels really kind of crazy making to me as well. But I think that's what the, what's the bottom line is take care of yourself, listen to yourself. Okay. Um, you're saying try to find maybe a way if you can to, to find some reasonable accommodation. If you can. Yeah. Yes, you if can. you can. Right. And also there's no one that's going to be rooting for you more yeah. than Doug and I, that's if right. you know that you <laughs> can't, then don't. I agree. So good luck. And, you know, before we go in to like some specific strategies and how to manage all of this, um, there was a mailbag as well that is not really a question, but we found very inspirational, you and I, um, as, it, as it relates to like how to manage something that some people would feel like that doesn't make any sense. I can't imagine that being me. But this person writes and I we wanted to read this mailbag to you because this person has a total way of looking at things a little differently and has a reframe that is incredibly, I want to say again, inspirational and meaningful. So we love it. this person writes, I'm looking forward to spending the holidays alone. Which I think a lot of people, again, have this immense kind of internalized, socialized piece of this that they have to be around other people or this Norman Rockwell experience has to be it. Hell no. Well, 
Do you remember even in the, what was it the last episode or the episode before yeah. that, that you were talking about Jomo. this? For yes, the J homo with Jomo. That's oh my me. God. It was, it was that conversation where you were talking about, uh, it was a friend maybe, or a friend of a friend that his favorite way to spend the holidays. It was a colleague. A colleague yep. that like buys a whole bunch of desserts and like sits and has these desserts. And I even was guilty of being like, oh, <laughs> I was thinking Bridget Jones all by myself, crying into your ice cream. And it's not that at all. Did I tell this you? Is yeah. An important message. Yeah, it's incredible. So this person writes, I'm looking forward to spending the holidays alone. My ex broke up with me and left me with three dogs. I don't have a car and can't travel on public transportation with three dogs, so I will not be able to visit anyone for Christmas. I don't think anyone will visit me either. I'll have the most relaxing Christmas ever this year. I'll watch movies and cook something just special for me. I'll get snacks and gifts for me and the dogs. I'll call my mom, who's also on her own in another country. I always got so stressed out about this time of year. All the money I had to spend and all of the traveling, but this year I'm actually looking forward to it. That is so meaningful to me. I don't yeah. get along with my family. I don't love my boyfriend's family. And I've decided I'm not pleasing any, everyone else this year. So me and my elderly cat are going to watch movies and eat cheese and drink wine. Amazing. She writes amazing. Treat yourself to a fun special meal. Get cozy. Watch movies. Maybe a face mask. Nice candles. Wine. It's fantastic. When I did it with a friend, we did fun little mood boards and gingerbread houses. So this person, wow. Yes, it's next level. It's like also it starts out with ex broke up with me. I'm all alone with, you know, three dogs, an elderly cat, whatever it is. But what a beautiful way to reframe that as actually this is an opportunity for me to do the holidays exactly the way that I want to. And I have always been a believer that there can be the same exact situation. And this is what cognitive behavioral therapy is all about, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the cognitive reframing, there could be the same exact set of circumstances and one person will feel like the luckiest person in the world. And then someone else in the same circumstance will feel like the unluckiest person in the world. And what's the difference? It's like what you're highlighting. And some people are better able, this is like the Dr. Henry Emmons um, episode two, but some people are more able to see the bright side or reframe the situation. If you can't get out of it, you better get into it kind of vibe. Like, how can I make this more fun and bring the joy back in to the holidays? Yeah. Winning, winning at life here, winning at the holidays. So guys, what we did with the mailbags, we, we found ourselves not even getting into like the typical stressors and highlighting those. We didn't get into the common reactions and what happens with stressors. And we didn't get into very basic strategies and we found ourselves kind of running out of time here. So we're going to do a part two to this holiday management episodes. Um, part two, how to. Yeah, we're gonna do a how to. Yeah, and maybe reiterate some of kind of what it is to help you guys out with really managing the holidays um, at this point. If you got any enjoyment out of this glorious holiday episode find us yep. find us email us find us on we're not fine.com find us on socials dr talia jackson 
Douglas L. Jensen with an E-N and We're Not Fine Pod. And as always, these mailbags are like some of our favorite things. We have an amazing series of guests that we've had, but we love your questions. So go to we'renotfine.com where you you can subscribe to our, our emails as well as you can write any questions anonymously or otherwise. So find us on we'renotfine.com and we will de- be delighted to answer your questions of any kind. Guys, we're not fine. But if you go to our website and click on subscribe to emails, we will find you and we will pull together newsletters and 90% of the people that have signed up so far are literal bots. I forgot to tell you, Doug, we have so many new email subscribers and it's like people wanting to sell us Cialis. A lot of people selling Cialis. What about mom jeans? That's for next time. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you later.